0: Thank you Lord. Amen. Everybody have a great Christmas. Two people did. Glory (laughs) to God. Amen. That's good. That's good. I did too. Glory to God. Had a great Christmas. God is good. Amen. God's just good all the time. No matter what day it is or what season it is or what holiday it is. God's just good all the time. Um, There's a lot of people that, uh, during the, um, during certain seasons, there's a lot of people that will, um, I don't know, get, I mean, become like Scrooge, you know, with different, different holidays, and man, you you gotta you gotta be creative, and you gotta build something that creates memories for your family, but you got to build something in you that, that shares your experience with other people, you know? People need to see that there's something about what you do. You don't get just locked into the season and you know, all the merchandising of everything and the selling of everything and get so wrapped up that you, you're mad at everybody, you know, I mean, that, that's no good. You got to get past that stuff and still enjoy it and still be a gift giver and do good things. But man, let the anointing be on your life and make a difference in people's lives, you know. Look for every opportunity you can to be a blessing to people. I mean, it's just, and it's not hard. You know, being a blessing to someone else doesn't mean that you always necessarily have to give them some monetary thing, but just being alert and aware of the things that are going on. Amen? And that's why we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit on Wednesday night. Um, <clears throat> man, there's just, I mean, I could, I could teach on this for about six hours straight. You'd probably get up and walk out, but I'd, I still could teach on it. And it really doesn't matter because I just love I just love hearing it. You know, I mean, all my born again life, especially in the early years, Becky and I used to we used to sit under great teachers that taught on these subjects, and I mean, I just I couldn't get enough of it. I could, I mean, so I mean, in, in, back in the day when we were first born again or when I was, um, I mean, people would preach for two and a half hours. Uh, you know, and keep you on the edge of your seat. And I'm thinking, what are you, you're, you're done? And I'm thinking, we've been in there for 30 minutes, you know, and it had been two and a half hours that they were teaching on it. And I'm thinking, whoa, because there was information, there was information coming to me that I'd never heard before. And I was going, is this stuff real, you know? and And when I'd hear people preach it, and I'd see it in the Bible, and I'd study it, it became so real. And And as I'm teaching this tonight, as we're getting into looking at another gift, we're going to finish up just just real quick with the the gift or the manifestation of the discerning of spirits that we talked about last Wednesday. I just want to read, I want to say one other thing about that. And then we're going to tonight go into um, and talk about uh, the gift or the manifestation of faith. And... um, and and before we do that i want to go back to john 14 and read a few things because i feel like that <clears throat> the slower we teach on this the better it is i don't want to i don't want to put out too much information um and and if you've if you've ever if you've ever taught anything when you have a lot of information A good teacher is going to hold back and not just, you know, try to force feed all the information they've studied and that they have in their heart and try to shove it down people's throats. And sometimes you can do that with information overload, you know, people start choking on it. You know, it's good and you want it to be good, but you don't want people to get so much that they can't receive it. And so tonight I'm just going to give you a few things in regards to the the gift of faith, but I'm going to just read a lot of scripture because the scripture actually does the talking for itself, you know, of of the points that we're trying to make. So, um, in John chapter 14, let's look at that real quick. John 14 and verse 16, verse 15, and he says, um, Jesus said, if you keep, If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, because I live, you will live also. And what he's talking about is the helper, the Holy Spirit, being the illumination. He said, "He said you won't see me, people won't see me in the world, they, they won't see me anymore, but you'll see me. Because the same spirit that was in me that gave me life to do the things I, I'm doing is the same spirit that's going to be in you, so all he does it is what I told you that I do. That's what Jesus was saying. Jesus said, I told you i only do what I hear from the Father. And his hearing from the Father was through the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit that he left to live in us, he's saying right here, will cause you to see me and you'll be able to operate in the same things that I did. God wants you and I to see the Father through Jesus Christ by the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? So, This helper that the world doesn't understand. And, you know, when it says the world doesn't understand it, who doesn't understand it is people that don't understand God. And we talked about it last week. First and foremost, you have to be and you must be born again. And when you're born again, spiritually, you have the ability to be connected to how God thinks and operates. Amen? So, this helper, the Holy Spirit... Is who we've seen in First Corinthians 12. And I want to look over there and read again. We're just gonna gonna just start with verse 7. We're not gonna read the whole thing again. But in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, he starts talking about the gifts here. And I told you last week that the word gifts, or I've told you a few times, that the word gifts is not in the literal translation. And so, what he's saying here in verse 1, concerning spiritual gifts, the word is added, concerning spiritual, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be, in other words, unaware of spiritual things. God wants us to be connected to spiritual things. Why? Because, first and foremost, what you have to realize in your life is that you are a spirit. You were created in the image of God, and you are a spirit first and foremost. This isn't you. Your flesh is not you. The way you think isn't even the real you, unless your mind is renewed by the Word of God. But the real you is how God created you and how He had a plan for you even before the foundation of the world. And I've been driving that whole... that whole. the the whole emphasis about his plan for your life before the foundation of the world have been driving that home this whole year and we've been talking about it and it's something that doesn't come easily because it doesn't make natural sense it goes beyond our understanding how could God have a plan for me before anything was created I don't know but it says it in here we've read it time and time again and if it says it in here then it's so that's That's who we are. We're we're Christians. We're learning to become like Christ. We are like him because we were created in the image of God. So we were created like him, so we are like him. But we're becoming more like him every day as our minds are renewed to how he thinks and operates. Right? So he doesn't want us to be ignorant of the spiritual. Because most humans have spent all their time on fleshly things, on natural things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Most people have spent more time educating themselves on all different kinds of things, and education is good. But if all you have is education and you have no spiritual, then your understanding of natural things is going to be weird, based on what this says. See? But Most of the flow of the world thinks one way, and it's not weird to the world. But you get in the flow of God, and you start working upstream to how everybody else thinks, and you look weird. They all thought Jesus was nuts because he was he was a non-educated man that knew more than all the educated people. He was not educated in the schools he was educated in church and what he received in church is what empowered him to understand and know and he was a learned person within himself but he wasn't he didn't have the titles and and they said that look look at uh, hold your place right there before we read about the gifts and look at John 7 and verse 14 Now, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters having never studied? And and when you look at it in the literal, many different translations, how, how can this man know these things when he is not a learned man? In other words, in their theology. And Jesus answered, he said, My doctrine is not mine, but it's him who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, If anyone wills to do his will, see, and and this applies to the discerning, the, the manifestation of the discerning of spirits, what we talked about last time, this applies to this because what the gift or the manifestation of the discerning of spirits is, is not the discerning of devils, it's the discerning of what's God and what isn't God. See, and that is a gift of the Spirit that we'll read in a moment that profits everybody that is around it. It works through them or it works through other people and you, you believe in it and it will benefit your life. Because I want to know how God thinks so that I know the difference in what isn't God. See, and that's a manifestation of the Spirit. And, and he said, Jesus said here... um. Where was I? oh yeah he said if anyone wills to do his will he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it's from god or whether it's i speak on my own authority in other words whether it's god or it's not everybody say will to will okay god wants you and i to become willing to do his will I can't tell you how many times in the last 40 years of my walk with God, how many times I began to see the will of God and I struggled with wanting to do the will of God. Am I the only one? You, 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 you've been given opportunity and you see certain things that God wants out of your life. And you know what? God, I, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice or lay certain things down to do that. And you know what he says? He said, you just have to be willing to be willing. Oh, oh. See, that's a whole lot different. That's a whole lot different than, oh, my gosh. That looks like, I, no way I can do that. There's no way I can be like that. And I, and, you know, a pastor preached that, and I, and, you know, man, it's just overwhelming me. And I, no, you just have to be willing to be willing to do his will. And you know what? If you're just, if you just say, you know what, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get past this. I don't know how I'm going to die to this thing right here, but I'm willing. And you know what he says? Thank you. Just be willing. To do what his will is. Because when you see what his will is about a specific thing on day one, how can you have the desire to accomplish that thing when it goes against everything that your head is saying? How can you have that desire to actually do it? And he knows that, and that's where the devil's tripped so many people up. We just have to be willing to be willing. And when you're willing to be willing, there's no end to what you can actually will to do. Because you know what? I want, in every area of my life, I want it to be my idea to do his will. Not somebody having to tell me what to do all the time. I want it to be my idea and I choose to make... See his will accomplished in my life because I want to do it, not just because he's trying to pull me along and getting everybody else to make sure that I want to do it. Because listen, after a while, when they're not around, you won't do it. Not if you don't will to be willing. And that is part of that gift or manifestation of the discerning of spirits to know what's God and what isn't God. And God wants you and I open and ready to operate in that at will, at his will, at whatever he wants working through your life. Can you say amen? So back to 1 Corinthians 12, and I want to read this, and then look at the next gift that we talked about. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. But the manifestation... The gift of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, To another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Everybody say as He wills. So tonight we've we've talked about for a couple of weeks we talked about the Holy Spirit from the standpoint of being able to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the purpose behind that. Prayed for many people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit the the night that we ended that. We've talked about the manifestation of the working of miracles. Talked and discussed that for a while. And then we talked about the manifestation of the discerning of spirits. And so tonight we're looking at the manifestation of, of faith and I want you to notice in verse 9 if you put verse 9 up there for me it says and to another faith by the same spirit um look look at that verse 9 in the amplified in the amplified it says to another wonder working faith by the same holy spirit wonder working faith Um, it's not the living translation, that the new living that you have back there, but in the living Bible, the living, living Bible, the old, original living Bible, it says, and to another special faith. Everybody say special. <laughs> special faith. To another wonder-working or special faith. Um, Turn over with me just real quickly to Titus. Titus chapter 1 and verse 4. To Titus, a true son in our common faith... Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in our Lord Jesus Christ. Common faith. Um, When something is common, sometimes it is referred to as not being important. But what he's talking about here is there is a faith that is common to mankind. Each person, in Romans chapter 12, it says each person was dealt the same measure of faith. It's common faith. It's a normal faith. If you're born again, you were born again by faith. You believed in a God you couldn't see. You made a confession because the Word said so, and that's the only, other, that's the only reason. You made it because of what you saw in the Word, and you decided to get born spiritually. John chapter 3, we read last week, that a man must be born again first. So, so when, a, when, a, when, a, when a man is born again, then he has been given a measure of faith. Like each person's given a, a, a physical body. What you do with the body is what will determine its outcome. How it looks and all kinds of things, what you do with it. How you feed it, exercise, all those kind of things, right? It's the same way with faith. You're given a measure of faith, and it's this common faith. Look at another verse in Second Timothy 1 and verse 5. Second Timothy. Look at verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. That, that word genuine in, in the literal translation is the word simple. The simple faith that is in you, the common faith that is in you, the faith that was dealt to you When you got born again, it's that simple, common faith that every person has the potential to operate in. Now, let me ask you this question. How does that common faith come to you? What is it? By hearing hearing the word, right? The common faith comes to a believer, to a person, by hearing the word. So, are you hearing the Word tonight? Okay? So the Bible says, and, and, and it's where it says that is in Romans 10, 17. And faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of God. True? Okay? So, common faith comes by what you're hearing tonight. If you do this on a regular basis then common faith is being developed. It comes to you. That doesn't mean you'll operate in strong common faith just because you hear, because the Bible also says not only are we hearers of the word, but we have to become doers of that same word, right? But common faith is developed. It will not be developed by by how much you read, and it will not be developed by how much you pray. Common faith will not be developed any other way but by hearing first. True? True? Okay, Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, where we just were, where tonight we're talking about about wonder-working, special faith. So, would that wonder-working, special faith be different than common faith? Yes, it is. I'm telling you tonight that it is, and I'm going to show you why. Because common faith comes from hearing. Special faith, wonder-working faith comes, how? By the Spirit. Verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 12, where we just were. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. What things? All these manifestations. We've, we've referred to them as gifts because of the added word through the years, but it's really not gifts, it's spiritual things. These spiritual manifestations, They, he says, uh, the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills those. So this special wonder-working faith is willed to you in a moment when special faith is needed. Now, one thing in my studies that I've realized is all of these nine manifestations in 1 Corinthians 12, all of these manifestations you can find in the book of Acts. So if you couldn't find these in the book of Acts, then I wouldn't put much weight to them. But you can see all of them in the book of Acts in operation. And and actually what you can see multiple times, and because of time all I'm going to do is give you two or three examples of it, but what you can see is the manifestation of common faith and the manifestation of special faith. And they're very clear in Scripture. Now, <clears throat> can a person be healed in their physical bodies through common faith? Yes. yes. The answer to that is absolutely yes. Do most people receive their healing because of common faith? No. Why? How does common faith come? And very few people put value on the hearing of the Word. If you don't value the hearing of the Word, you'll never grow spiritually. Now now remember, just because you hear the Word doesn't mean you're going to grow spiritually. But without the hearing of the Word, okay, then the Word can't work in you because you don't have ideas and thoughts in your soul that the Holy Spirit can take and make them revelation to you. That's why you have to hear the word. God set it up that way. Listen, this is not my plan. (laughs) I mean, I've been working on this plan for 40 years. And I've been studying this book for 40 years and digging this out for 40 years to understand this plan that I'm sharing with you tonight. I'm going to say it again. Most people, most people are not healed through their common faith. And the reason is, and, and see, I, I used to get really discouraged because of this in my early years. I mean, I was all over the place. I mean, you can ask my wife and, you know, a lot of my family, that they, they would be a little hesitant to go with me when we went out in public because of the things that I would do and say and how I would demonstrate things. And I mean, I just, I was radical about it. If anybody called me and they were at the hospital, I was there. We're going to raise these people up, drag them out of the bed, do whatever we're going to do. We're going to lay hands on everybody and everybody's going to get well. Because that's what the word says. And uh, saw. A lot of great things, but I saw more disappointment than I saw great things. And the disappointment was in other people because they didn't get well. And a lot of the reason they didn't get well is because their faith was in me. Oh, man, your dad's going to make it. I can remember this guy. I mean, your dad's going to make it. He's going to make it. It's going to all be good. We're going to believe the word. We're going to speak the word. We're going to declare. And he's coming out of this thing. He died. And that one really started something in me that is like, no, 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 man. We, we, God, we, we did everything. We did everything. We believed. We stood, we did it all. I mean, I mean, day and night, fasting, praying, do whatever, we did it all. But the problem was that man had no faith. And the problem with special faith is it's only as He wills it. So I, I can't work it up. You know? Maybe if I do a little dance or something, God will let me operate in special faith. It doesn't work that way. It says He wills it. So if it's as God wills it, then the guy's father that had no faith... There had to be somebody in his presence that God was willing it, and I was so emotional trying to keep everybody built up that I didn't even hear God. It's like several years later, the Lord, I, I remember asking God about that, and he was saying, you know, you, you never asked me because I thought I was laboring to see that person well. That man had no common faith. Number one, he wasn't even born again. Doesn't mean you have to be born again to be to get to, to get well. Because of these manifestations of the Spirit, as God wills, all, I mean, I mean, a lot of times there's people that aren't born again that get well and get healed in their bodies, and then it makes other people that are Christians and they don't get well makes them mad. But I'm telling you, God's not confusing. And what I'm telling you tonight will liberate some of you in a ways that you've, never, you've needed to be liberated in where thinking you were going to do enough to see something manifest. Listen to me. If there was a duck in here and this duck was waddling across the front floor here and Brian said, look at that little dog. You'd go, what? That's a duck. <laughs> now nah, I'm calling it a dog. <laughs> well, okay. Quack, 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 quack. Brian says, arr, arr, arr. <whack> Call it a dog. Oh, it's a duck. You can call it a dog all day long and it's still a duck. You can't call faith, faith, when it's not Faith and you can't make it up, you can't work it up, and the manifestation of faith in 1 Corinthians 12 right here, you, you, that's only as God wills. Now listen to me. The only way for you to know how to operate in the manifestation of faith, the wonder-working faith, the special faith versus the common faith, the only way that you can know when to operate in that is to have a a developed common faith. If your common faith isn't developed, you're not exercising it, you're not putting it to work. Let's just say, early on, somebody really helped me and helped my wife and I this early on in in our married life and in our born-again life in how to believe God for specific things. And... We were around a lot of people that were in denial of symptoms because they were trying to be in faith. Well, that's not faith. You can't try faith. You, you can develop faith, and you can be in a place of consecration where you're learning what the will of God is, but that's not faith. You're developing faith. But I saw a lot of people, no, 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 I'm not sick. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sick. So what their confession was, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. No, no, no sickness has attached itself to to your body, what you're learning is how to deny its right to remain in your body. See, sickness and disease has no authority and power, and that's what has to be developed in your common faith so that when there's a situation and you see somebody and, and you're operating, all of a sudden God's willed The manifestation of the discerning of spirits and you're realizing, see, it's not the discerning of devils, it's the discerning of what's God and what's not God. And so you see something operating in a person's life and they're not operating in the things of God. They may be born again, they may know God, they may have been born again for 50 years, but there's no faith in operation to receive divine health and healing in their body, and so in that situation as you begin to pray in the spirit and ask God about how what can be done in this situation that is where he will will these gifts in operation because of his mercy and his grace when people don't have what they need to be able to receive what God says is so these gifts are in operation that's why we're teaching on them and who are they for who can operate in these in these manifestations everybody this isn't, well, that's my gift. No, no, no. It's not a, it's not a gift. I'm, I'm telling you, we got to get the gift thing out of our head. I've even mentioned it as gift several times. I got to get it out of my preaching because God's been saying to me, it's not, they're not gifts. They're manifestations of the Spirit to profit people and help people that are not to a certain place where they can overcome situations. That's why we need each other. And we need each other developed in our common faith so We don't have to exercise all our faith for the manifestation of these, these manifestation of the Spirit in in these, well, calling them gifts. I'm trying to keep from calling them gifts, but you know what I'm saying. So we don't have to use those on ourselves. We want our common faith to be built up to where we're walking around receiving so we can be open to be a blessing to other people. Now, two quick stories in in the book of Acts. Look at these. Acts chapter 14. And verse 4. So they were traveling and preaching the word in verse 4 it says the multitude of the city was divided part sided with Jews and part with the apostles and when a, violent, when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region and they were preaching the gospel there everybody say they were preaching the gospel there H- how does faith come? By hearing what? The preached word. So they were preaching the gospel here in these towns. And it says, and in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing, Paul, all of a sudden, the manifestation of the discerning of spirits. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. He perceived that he had... Paul perceived that the man that had never walked had common faith or special faith? Common, faith? common faith, because he had heard the word preached. So when Paul said, arise and walk, he didn't touch him, didn't do anything, just said, get up and walk. He had the, all he needed was the encouragement, because what happened? His faith, common faith, made him whole. You see that? It's important that you see those things. Because they're right here under our nose in Scripture, and we've got to understand how these things operate. Look at the third chapter and the first verse. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Sounds similar to the guy over in chapter 14, right? Never walked. Whom they laid at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms fixing his eyes on him with John Peter said look at us and he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them then Peter said silver and gold I do not have but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand And he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, All the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness or holiness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was Determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murder to be granted to you. Then verse 16. I know, verse 15. And killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, and which we are witnesses. And his name, okay? Here's Peter telling them this. Now get this. And his name, through faith in his name, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. He said, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Verse 16 in the Amplified says, His name through faith, through and by faith in his name, has made this man whom you see and recognize well and strong, yes, the faith which is through and by him, Jesus. It's the faith that comes by Jesus. Now notice, let's look at the comparison. Pretty close, except they didn't preach to the guy, so there's no common faith. What's the man looking for? Not healing, he's looking for money. He's been there for years and years begging alms. He has no faith. But Peter speaks to him and said, silver and gold we don't have, but what we have. What did he have? He had faith in the name of Jesus. In 16 he said faith, he had faith, but faith in the name. He had faith in the name. So in that situation right there, the Apostle Peter operated in the manifestation of, the, of faith. The manifestation of the gift of faith, if you want to call it that. But it's a manifestation of the spirit of not common or simple faith, but it's a manifestation of special faith, wonder-working faith. And that faith was in operation right there because God willed that to happen. Unlike the man that heard the preaching... And Paul operated in the manifestation of the discerning of spirits and realized that that man had faith to be healed. He didn't have to pull him up by the arm. He just said, arise and walk. Man, he was ready to go. Why? Because he had intently been hearing the word preached. If you you look back in chapter 14... For several chapters, they'd been in that area. I mean, they'd been persecuted, but they'd been preaching the word in the synagogues. And I mean, people were being healed because they heard the word and they believed it. You don't have to be born again for 15 years to be well. You can hear something. You can hear something tonight. And if you believe this and you believe you're a candidate to operate in the manifestation of faith like this, which is a special, wonder-working faith, then what you do, your, your responsibility is to stay in a mode of developing your common faith so you're ready and prepared to be used to see other people profit in times or situations when they don't have the faith to believe. And instead of us trying to get them to believe and give them enough scriptures and enough tapes to listen to and all those kind of things and, and enough books and feeding their head with, with stuff when, when they've been diagnosed with terminal cancer in their body or something, instead of trying to hurry up their process, we pray. Now, God may tell you to do that. But I've become a person in the, in the last number of years <clears throat> I don't do anything unless he says. I'm not going to the hospital to raise somebody up out of the hospital unless he says. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody unless he says. See? Because God knows, he knows the end of a situation from right where it's at. So if a person gets well, God knows the outcome of that. And God also knows that when there's not faith in operation, for a person to just get well can be the worst thing that could happen. And you say, God thinks that way? Well, God knows that. The worst thing that could happen is somebody get well because there's no faith to maintain the healing, and it can come back with a vengeance, and it can be worse the, the next time around. And I'm not. <clears throat> listen, I'm not saying ever be in a situation where you're not going to believe with another person. If someone comes to you and says, I've got got a list of probably 10 people right now that have come to me and asked me to agree with them for healing in their body. Man, I'm on it. If they're asking me and they're telling me this is what they're believing, man, I'm on it like that. I mean like in a moment. I'm on it. We're in agreement. We're believing for that. But that doesn't mean because you don't know how other people believe. You don't know what other people, you know, ha- have been taught and what they've meditated on. And a lot of times we, we can think that, well, <clears throat> you know, somebody that teaches on healing or whatever just has this attitude that they're looking down on other people and, and, you know, looking over the rim of their glasses on how faithless they are because they're not getting well in their bodies. That's the worst thing that a person could do. I need some water. That's the worst thing that a person could do, is is treat another human being like they have no faith. You, You and I have faith based on what we've done with our faith. Everybody was given the same measure of faith. So listen to me. Nobody started with a head start. Nobody had more faith than another. Everybody with the same exact measure of faith we all got the day we got born again. It's what we do with it. And if you value and honor the word that is taught and you receive it and you do something with it, the power's in the seed itself. Right? If you got a tomato seed and you're trying to get an apple, and you're speaking over that tomato seed to become apples, it's not going to happen. Because whatever is inside the seed is what it's going to produce. And if there's no seed of the word planted in the soil of your heart, it can't produce spiritual things. And that's why he said, I don't want you to be ignorant or unaware of spiritual. You and I have to connect to spiritual things through the teaching of the word. And then what we do and how we process it and how the Holy Spirit reveals to it, reveals it to us determines what we can accomplish. There's a verse of scripture in Matthew chapter six that it says it's in the Amplified. It says, The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. It's Matthew 6 you go look at it. Matthew 6 in like 23 or 24 in the amplified. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. The, in other words, what you're wanting to see is going to come back to you based on how much you value what you hear and what you do with it. Plain and simple. And the gifts of the spirit are not some weird freako things. They're not manifestations of weird and strange things. Now, they they can be strange and they can seem weird and they can seem different. But once you've operated in them because of your relationship with God and God wills for something like, you know, I can hear God all the time saying, Bert, I need you to not be about yourself and I need you to be aware of other people so I can do things through you. In other words, God needs you and I. Wow. God needs us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're Jesus to the world now. See? We're his hands and feet to the world if we're born again and we're spirit-filled and we hear and receive from the things of God to be used by God. You can't just take what you know and just stuff it and put it aside and, and, and just be about yourself with it. It doesn't work that way. The kingdom of God is about duplication. It's about duplicating yourself with people around you. And there's no better way to duplicate yourself in other people and look like Jesus. There's no better way than through the manifestations of the Spirit. No better way. He's our helper and he's here to help us. We just got to be open to receive. And I promise you, this gift of faith... This manifestation of faith that is special, it's wonder-working, is available to you and me all the time. Amen? All the time. And there's, there's all kinds of scriptures that back this up. And, and one of the manifestations of, of the Spirit here in First Corinthians 12 that is real close to this manifestation of faith is the manifestation of the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings. I, I'm, I'll end with this. Go, go back to 1 Corinthians 12. I just want to make this point about what we just read. <clears throat> it's funny how traditionally... People can see things in the word and it can, I mean, and and the whole world can think that it's true and it's not even in the Bible. It wasn't just a number of years ago that I realized that there weren't three kings that came to Jesus' birth. How many thought there were three kings? Come on, be be honest, that you, you thought... We three kings of Orient are. Uh, 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 uh. It's, it's kind of built up in our minds. it's three kings. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Go look. Not in any translation and not in any of the four gospels does it say three kings. Anyway. That was free. What was I going to tell you? Oh, yeah. First Corinthians 12. Verse seven, but this is what it says in the in again, you know, so many different translations. But I I spend a lot of time, so I am telling you this. You can go study it for yourself and find out that it's absolutely true. But I am telling you and giving you an opportunity to believe what I am saying that I've studied it, and you not have to go see it for yourself. But this is what it says in verse seven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit. For to one is given, it says the word of wisdom. In the literal, it is a word. For to one is given a word, a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, special faith by the same Spirit. And to another, the gifts of of healings. And in this passage it says that there's a lot of different manifestations, a lot of different things, a lot of different ways for things to manifest, but you know what? There's a lot of sicknesses, right? There's a lot of sicknesses. There's a lot of diseases that are out there. And there's a lot of different manifestations of diseases that are out there that how a person can be made well there's, all, there's different journeys for, for that wellness, you know? There are a lot of natural, there, there are natural paths of healing that if you tap into it just in the natural will, can heal your physical body. But anything that you do, you do by faith, and when you do it by faith, God will will to you for there to be a gift for a healing in a person's body at a given time. Did you hear what I said? When you develop your faith, and so let's say a person's on a, you know, some homeopathic-type journey of getting well in their physical body because they don't want to do synthetic drugs. So they're on this path for getting well, and God tells you, you know, I want you to do this. Well, next week we'll talk about the gifts of healings. Because there's many different sicknesses. So there is a manifestation of healing for each individual sickness that attacks people's bodies. And if we're open to it, when people don't have the faith to receive their healing, the gifts can be an operation. The manifestation of faith, this special faith, or the manifestation of of the gifts of healings or the manifestations of healings. And I don't know about you, but I want more of it all the time. And if you hunger for it, the Bible says you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled. Revelation 2 says to all the different churches, there's one, there's one statement that's made, to all the churches, the seven churches in the book of Revelation. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen? Say this with me. I have ears that hear. Amen? How many have ears? How many can say, I have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to me about any given situation? So that means, that means, that means... You may be cutting hair one day. And because your faith is growing, okay, there may be somebody sitting there as you're cutting their hair. And God may say, I want you to just tell that lady that she is made well in Jesus' name. And See, you can't just do that because I gave you an idea to do it. You understand? It won't work. But the more you're developing faith in your life you'll be able to hear something like that. You may be working on somebody and a massage and you're doing and working on muscles in their body and, and they've been, they came in with a diagnosis for something. And, and, you, and you, it's like you just can't get away from it. You're just thinking about it the whole time. You're thinking about what that's saying. But inside of you, the Holy Spirit is saying, that thing doesn't belong in their body. Why would God say that one time and not another? I don't know. But these things operate as he wills them to. And if, and if I'm willing to live my life and not care and give a nothing about what the rest of the world thinks, then I'm going to be willing. Remember, remember what Paul said to that guy? See, he, he was at a place, the one guy, he was at a place where his faith would make him whole. He said, get up. And he got up. But the next guy that Peter said that was at the gate beautiful all that time for all those years, he knew there wasn't any faith. So there had to be something that God wanted that person well, and because you're built up and you're ready and you're working on this person and you're already helping them, okay, and things are getting better in their body, there may be a day when God says, you know what? And and, and you know what? If you've never done it before, you might stumble around with it. Who cares? Just stumble around. You, you, you all hear what I'm saying? We, we just, we got to stumble till we get it right. See, because what you're learning, what you're doing is you're deciding what's God and what's not God. See, that's the discerning of spirits. Not the discerning of devils. We don't listen to devils. We don't pay any t- attention to devils, but devils will try to convince us. And other thoughts and ideas will try to convince us. But we want to we know what the Spirit of God is saying. So that's in operation, See? So I'm encouraging you tonight, you can do this. And everybody in this place can operate in these manifestations because God set it up this way before the foundation of the world that you would operate in these things. Well, that's for preaching. Now, bull. It's for humanity. How we we can't we cannot be a witness to the world without these manifestations. That's the helper helping us and giving us what other people need so that it can profit their lives. Amen? And I'm telling you, our best days are ahead. 2018 is our best year yet. Listen, every time there's a best year yet, there's all kinds of attacks and those kind of things. But, man, we're past those kind of things. We don't care what the enemy does. He's going to do... If if you're not doing anything, you're not being attacked. Yeah, you know, none of that kind of stuff happens to me. Well, because you're probably not doing anything. Because the persecution comes because of the Word. So you hear the more you hear the Word, the more you're going to be challenged to not listen to the Word or do anything with it. But the more you do with what you hear, the more you're in a position to be used by God to see other people profit.